so grateful for uh, this community of believers. And I think today will is kind of uh, what we're going to talk about today as a reflection of the hearts of so many in this congregation that uh, we, we share the relationship we have in Jesus and the family of God. And, you know, just throughout this week alone, I think about some of the encounters I've had with uh, you all and watching you all and serving with you all. And whether it's been on Tuesday night in downtown Newport News and cooking a meal and loading a van, or whether it was Wednesday and sorting through food and putting food out on tables, or whether it was uh, Wednesday night gathering together and praying one for another, or perhaps it was Thursday laying out clothes on tables for people in our community in need to go through and seeing all the different things. Or maybe it was right here Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, preparing warming up voices to sing for the Lord. There's something that's shared about all of those things. Whatever uh, trait that is being done, however it is, it's service to the Lord. And God is pleased when you and I use what we have been entrusted to serve Him. We can serve Him in many different capacities and ways. And some may be able to serve Him in one way and others may be able to serve Him in another way. But it is all service to the Lord and it pleases God. God is honored by that. God is honored by the person who says, Lord, I will make the most of what I've been given to serve you. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about servants of the Lord. Servants of the Lord. God has called us all to be servants of the Lord, to be people who will love him and give our lives for him. And this morning, we're going to look at a parable to understand what it means to serve the Lord, what it means, what, what is happening when you and I are serving the Lord. And Jesus taught this parable that we're going to read today, the parable of the talents, when he was talking about really how a servant can make the most of what they've been entrusted with. And we're going to read this story here today, and I'm going to summarize some of it because it's a, a long parable. And there's a similar parable mentioned in Luke as well, the parable of the minus. And this parable is also, depending on translation of the Bible you have, is also known as the parable of the buried gold. There's different words that have used because a talent is not something that translates well into our language. Although a talent is what we would think is maybe some type of ability that we would have in biblical times, a talent was a weight that was comparative to about $1,000. And that weight, uh, that value depended on the type of metal that was put in that weight. And so it could have, if it was silver, if it was gold, it could have give or take some of its value. But what you're going to see today is that the, the ultimate ability to make the most of that thing, that talent, that money, really is where we get this idea of our word talent today. It's how do we make the most of that which we've been entrusted with? And this was the dilemma of these servants here who were entrusted to trusted talents to them, speaking of money to them and how they were going to use it for their master. And so the Bible call, says that the master called these servants together. And he calls three of them together and he gives them talents. And one, he gives five talents, five thousand dollars. Another one he gives two talents, $2,000. And another one he gives one talent, $1,000. And he tells them that they are to take care of that while he is away. Now, it's important to understand that these servants were highly trusted by their master. 
A master just doesn't hand over $5,000 to somebody who hates him, right? There is a shared relationship here that is a good relationship in a way that they trust their master and the master trusts the servant. And in this biblical context, that's important to understand that what they've been entrusted with was uh, the master's money, but they, it was of his own doing. And so as he calls them together, he tells them, he says, the man who had received the five talents went at once and he put his money to work and gained five more. And so also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent, he went off and he dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. And after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. We'll finish up the rest of the story uh, just in paraphrasing here. The other two, the, the second one comes back, the same thing. He tells them, good, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share in your master's happiness. But the one who was only given one, and he buried it in the ground. The master referred to him, or Jesus referred to him, that he says this, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he who have an abundance, whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw him, that worthless servant, outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Those are hard words to read in the teachings of Jesus, that this servant did not use what he had been entrusted. And I think what we have to really understand about this story here is that there was a level of trust, master to servant. And there was a trust, really, that was betrayed. This trust did not equal in a, a multiplying of what had been given. And so, therefore, there was a consequence that, coming, that came. And as we talk about servants of the Lord, I want to visit a word here that is used throughout the New Testament that gives us more context about what it means to serve the Lord. And this is a Greek word, but it's an important Greek word because it's carried throughout the New Testament, and it's also in this story right here. And that's this Greek word. It's called doulos. And doulos is a Greek word that is shared throughout many of the New Testament introductions. When Paul is writing, when Peter is writing, they say, Paul, a servant of the Lord. Peter, a servant of the Lord. James, a servant of the Lord. They use this word to refer to themselves. And what you're going to see as you read those encounters, as you read that and you study that in your own time and life, is that this is not a word that is used begrudgingly. It's not a word that they use reluctantly. It's a word that they gladly use. It's a word that they say, we are glad to be called a doulos, a servant for the Lord. We are glad to be called a person who serves God. And what a doulos is in comparative to other maybe words that might have been used in this context is a doulos is one who voluntarily pledges their service to their master. 
And you'll see that what they're doing in Peter and Paul and others who are using this is they're not being forced to give them their service. The master isn't forcing them to serve him. They are gladly serving them because they want to. And that's the nature of our relationship to the Lord as servants of the Lord. Because of who God is, because of who Jesus is, we gladly, voluntarily serve him with everything we've got. And that is the picture of what it means to be a servant of the Lord. And really what you're going to understand through this picture of this story here, the parable of the talents, is serving the Lord is about how we use our times, talents, and treasures to love others for the kingdom of God. Serving the Lord is about how we use our times, talents, and treasures to love others for the kingdom of God. And that is really what the story is all about is how did they take what they had been entrusted from the Lord and serve others with that? And so we're going to look here a few things about serving the Lord. Number one, the Bible says in Matthew 25 and verse 15 that to one he gave five talents of money, to another two, and to another one, each according to his ability. Now, this is a big, important factor here as we're talking about serving the Lord is that they were each entrusted according to his own ability. One had 5,000, one had 1,000. One could sing, one could not. One could preach, one could not. One could pray, one had a struggling prayer life. One could serve with hard work and energy, and the other wasn't blessed with that. But nonetheless, they were both, they were all entrusted with something. And this is important to understand when we're talking about serving the Lord, because a lot of times when we talk about serving the Lord, we like to measure ourselves or compare ourselves to others. But that's not the biblical picture. The biblical picture is taking what you and I have been given and entrusted with. And how am I making the most of what God has given me, me? Each of us individually have a different ability, none, none like the other. Each of us, every person here has a unique ability that we've been entrusted by the Lord, a talent that we've been entrusted to, from God to. And it's not about how well we do it like brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. It's about how well I'm doing it because the Lord entrusted it to me. You and I are not called to be the person over there, our neighbor or the person that we love in the Lord. That's not who God has called us to be. God has called us to be like our Lord Jesus, serving with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength. So how well are we doing it with it? One writer said it this way to the talent which each man has suits his own state best. And it is only pride and insanity which lead him to desire and envy the graces and talents of another. Five talents would be too much for some men and one talent would be too little. It's always about how are we making the most of what we have been given to each according to his own ability. And watch here about this first person that the Bible says Jesus gave him five talents. The Bible says the man who had received the five talents, he went at once. He went at once and he put his money to work. This is the nature of serving the Lord, is that God has entrusted us with gifts, with talents, times, talents, and treasures, and how do we use it for the Lord? We may not have money, we may not have the talent of another, we may not have the ability to serve as others, but each of us here have our own ability to serve the Lord. How are we putting it to work for the Lord? At once, the Bible said, he put his money to work, he put his talent to work. And this is the nature of serving the Lord, is that God has not called us to sit 
on the gift that he's entrusted to us. God has not called us to hide away like the one man did in the ground the gift that he's entrusted to us. The Bible says at once he began to go and use what he had for the Lord. And this is a trouble a lot in the Christian life is a lot of times people will say, well, I'm trying to figure out what God wants me to do with my life. But listen, if you have a heart, if you have lungs in your air, in your, in your, in your, air in your lungs is what I was trying to say, in your body, you and I can serve the Lord by just reaching out and loving somebody in the simplest way. We may not have the grand picture figured out, but we all have ability to love and help someone. The, the important part is, is that we go to work at once not wasting any time, making the most of the day. As Jesus said, we must work while it is day, for night is coming when no man can work. You and I, we all have a talent and a gift, but how are we going to do it immediately for the Lord Jesus? Yes, we all have callings and giftings that are different, and some may be longer stretches of time that take up to building to, but right now, today, in this afternoon, how can you and I use the talent that we've been entrusted to use for the Lord? It's been said like this, of people who invest in the stock market, or invest in retirement, is that there's trouble when you invest in something and then you see a dip in it and you wonder, oh no, should I come out, jump out? But the, as financial experts always say, is that you have to wait on time. Time is your friend in that. And this is really the thing about using the gifts for the Lord, is that when you don't invest it for the Lord, it's not doing anything. It's just being wasted. But when you put it to work, it's being used for the Lord, maybe in ways that you and I will never be able to see with our eyes until we stand before the Lord Jesus for all of eternity. We, to each according to his own ability, we've been called to serve the Lord. Each of us to his own ability. So that says to me that it's not my right to look at you and say, well, you're not serving the Lord how you're supposed to be because it's to your own ability. It's, how, it's not how I measure it up. It's how Jesus measures it up. And Jesus measured up serving the Lord in our own ability by loving the Lord God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving our neighbor as ourself. How are we using our own ability for the Lord? Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about the person next to you. How can I serve the Lord with what I've been given? The next thing you'll see here is that serving the Lord is about faithfulness. Serving the Lord is about faithfulness. And I might sound like a broken record when I say this again, but I can't emphasize this enough because this is a word I feel like is fleeting in Western Christianity. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Jesus came to these, or the master rather, came to these servants and the master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Spurgeon said it this way. It is not well done, thou good and brilliant servant. Well done, thou great and distinguished servant. For it is possible that he was never known beyond his local uh, place of living. It is better to be faithful in the infant school than to be unfaithful in a noble class of young men. The Bible doesn't say, well done, thou good and successful servant. Well done, thou good and rich servant. He says, faithful. Jesus measures success by faithfulness. When you and I stand before the Lord for all of eternity, it's about faithfulness. It wasn't how much they gained. 
And listen, they each gained different measures. One gained more, gained almost 10,000. One gained almost 4,000. But it was the fact that they were faithful in what they had been given. It wasn't about how much, it was how well they stewarded what they had been given. Listen, Jesus doesn't need more. He owns it all. Jesus isn't worried about how much. He's worried, are we going to make it to the end? Faithful unto the end. Serving the Lord with all that we've got. Using the abilities that we have. Serving the Lord is about faithfulness. This is why the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. If it was all about trying to rob us, then it wouldn't make sense for him to steal. It's about trying to get to the end. Faithfulness. He is called the accuser of the brethren because he's trying to slow us down, to keep us from being faithful. But faithfulness is the most well-rewarded thing when you and I stand before Jesus. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Who knows what that means in all of eternity? But if Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, mansions, streets of gold, who knows? We can only imagine what that must be. But you have been faithful with few things, so I will put you in charge of many things. It is this, Jesus rewards faithfulness. There is a reward for faithfulness. There is a reward for the faithful work of something that might seem like a little bit to some. To the person who has 10,000, looking at the person who has 4,000, that may not seem like a lot. But he was faithful in it, and there's a reward for him just as much as there is a reward for the person who has 10,000. Serving the Lord is about faithfulness, good and faithful servant. God has called us all in the world that we're living in. It's not about good church attendance. It's not about how many Sundays I did this or about how much I gave. It's not about how big, how all the things that we could measure with a rolling stick and see how wonderful they are. It's not about that. It's about faithfulness, faithful, faithful, faithful. I'm going to serve the Lord with all of my heart. Listen, that's the type of thing. You can't measure that. You can't take a measuring tape up against the, the heart of the body and see how well we love the Lord and our neighbor as ourselves. You can't, but Jesus can, and he says there's a reward for faithfulness. Serving the Lord is about faithfulness. And thirdly, we see this here, is that G, uh, the master says to the servant, you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Come and share your master's happiness. You know, as I read that in my Bible, I circled it because I thought to myself, I can make Jesus happy by using the gift and the talent he's given me and just being faithful with it. And serving the Lord is sharing in Jesus' happiness. Sher serving the Lord is sharing in what makes Jesus happy. And you want to know what makes Jesus happy? How well we love and serve others. It was about how that they had taken the gift that they had been given and using it and multiplying it to be a blessing to the greater body of people that they were serving, the master was serving. And it's the same way in the kingdom of God. God has each entrusted us in the kingdom of God with gifts and times, talents and treasures. And how well are we going to use that to serve and love others? How well are we going to take this and use it to be a blessing to others? 
Later on in Matthew 25, Jesus tells the same story. Once again, another parable, another story. And he tells them that whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And so we know that standing before Jesus in his happiness is how well we love those who are around us in need, loving, encouraging, supporting one another. And there is no greater happiness for Jesus than that. Come and share in your master's happiness. And I don't know about you, but for me to think about standing before the Lord Jesus for all of eternity, and I come and share in his master's happiness, and it's the happiness that says, thank you, Charlie. Thank you for how you love people like I taught you to. Thank you for doing that because I love them, you showed them, and Jesus is happy because of that. I can think of no better reward than that. To see Jesus happy, what a wonderful thing. To see the Jesus who laid down his life on a cross in agony and bore pain. There's a way that you and I, we can make him happy. And it's about how well do we take the ability, the talent that we have been entrusted and use to serve others. Sometimes people may say, well, you know, uh, young people, maybe in my, and I've done this in my life as well, wondering, well, maybe one day I'll serve the Lord. Maybe one day I'll use the gift that I have. But listen, I've discovered that oftentimes in waiting, in waiting and saying, maybe one day I'll use the gift that I've been given and do something with it for the Lord. I've discovered that what is it when I look back in retrospect is the consequence of missed opportunities. And many times that I sat back and I thought, oh, Lord, I'll wait. I look back and I thought, Lord, how many opportunities I missed. How many wonderful times I could have come and share in the master's happiness because of that opportunity. And each of us as servants of the Lord, God delights to call us a good and faithful servant. He wants that for every person here, every believer. When we stand before the Lord Jesus, that is what God wants. A word that comes over us, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what Jesus wants to speak over every person here today. And it's as simple as saying, Lord, yes, Lord, how do I use what I've been given and begin right now loving people loving you with the time talents and treasures that I've been given how do we do that right now as a servant of the Lord Paul said it best he called himself a doulos of the Lord and he said it this way five times I was shipwrecked I was beaten I was nearly stoned to death I was cast out of the city all of those things that Paul could possibly imagine but yet he still gladly called himself a servant of the Lord. And when he got to the place of feeling like I'm going to give up doing all of this, he said, no, the Lord spoke to me. My grace is sufficient for you. Because why? Jesus cares about faithfulness. More than anything else, Jesus cares about faithfulness. Jesus wants you and I to make it. He doesn't want us to throw in the towel. He doesn't want us to give up. He wants us to keep going, keep pressing on. That's what makes Jesus happy. He's, there is, the Bible talks about that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And it's almost the wording that's used in that as you begin to unpack that is like a coliseum of people applauding and cheering on. And that's the picture of eternity for you and I, that there is a host of heaven applauding us and helping us saying, keep going for the Lord. Keep all that you're doing. Keep doing it for the Lord. It may seem insignificant to the world, but don't worry, to what, what seems insignificant to the world is often very significant to Jesus. And Jesus promises a reward for that as being a servant of the Lord. As the musicians come, I thought about this verse as we prepare, as we're thinking about what it means to be a servant of the Lord and using the gifting, the time, talents, and treasures we had, using our own ability and time and all the things God has entrusted us with. I thought about what David said. The psalmist said, 
as he was serving the Lord, all the things that could have happened. He says it this way. He says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And he says this, I would rather be a doorkeeper and the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. What a perspective. What a perspective. And you know, that's something you and I take for granted every day, right? Walking around, we walk into a store, we walk into a restaurant, and someone opens a door for us. We, we think about, we just kind of, that's just part of our culture and life. But the psalmist said, I would rather be doing that every day of my life than to be in a place that is far removed from the Lord, even though they have a place of shelter, a tent, a place of shelter. I would rather stand on the door of the kingdom of God, letting people in, welcoming people with all of our heart. And that is the picture of a servant of the Lord, is the perspective that I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. I've been praying this morning for all of us here today, that all of us here today, we would adopt the mindset of a doorkeeper that says the first thing that comes to my mind when I see people is, can I get the door for them? Oh, wait a minute, let me run up ahead and get the door for you. Because that's a person who's looking for opportunities to serve those around them. And I, that's just a picture of the broader opportunities. It might be how we use our gifting and talent for the Lord. But a doorkeeper is someone who is mindful of the people around them and saying, God, how do I use the talent that I've been entrusted with? I don't want to bury it in the ground and hide it. That's a waste. That's not going to amount to nothing. But the person who says, but Lord, at once I'm going to go and use all that I have for the Lord Jesus. And then Jesus would say to us, come and share in my happiness because of that. Isn't that a great reward for you and I to be a doorkeeper in the house of God? And Jesus promises a reward and happiness because of that. And it is going to be an amazing celebration when you and I stand before the Lord forevermore. Will you stand with me? I want to encourage you today to be a servant of the Lord Jesus. Oh, the privilege to be a servant of the Lord. All oh, the people who have come before us, servants of the Lord Jesus. Paul, Peter, all the New Testament believers, servants of the Lord, what a legacy. And you and I likewise can be servants of the Lord. Take that talent and use it for the glory of the Lord. I can't tell you how, I just tell you, follow the Lord Jesus. Use it for his glory. Love others. Make the most of it. Work while it is day, for night is coming when no man can work. And all oh, the joy that Jesus will say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Jesus, we thank you today, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you have called us your servants, Lord. Lord, what a joy it is to serve you, Jesus. Lord, I agree with the psalmist today. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. What a joy it is to serve the Lord. What a joy it is to serve the Lord. Jesus, thank you for allowing us to use our lives for your glory. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming us away from a life of sin and bondage and using these messed up, broken vessels for something good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, today we agree together as a church, we want to be servants of the Lord. We want to be servants that you can say, I entrust something to you. You're trustworthy. 
God, help us to be dependable and trustworthy with whatever you entrust to us, Lord. Help us to not waste what you've been given us, Lord. As a church, as all of the resources that we have, we pray, Lord, let us use it for your glory, for your honor, Jesus. Lord, as a believer here this morning, God, show me today. Speak to me, Lord. How do I use the gifting, the talent that you've entrusted to me, my time, talent, and treasures for the Lord? God, show me today, Lord. Come and show me, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, today. The Bible says in John chapter 13 that Jesus took a towel and he wrapped it around him and he got down on his knees before the disciples and he began to wash their feet. All of them, all of those disciples, and even the one who was going to betray him, Judas, and washed their feet. And he spoke to them. And he said to them, as he was, after he had finished washing their feet, as I have served you, go and do likewise. And this morning, I wonder how many of us could just agree together that we would go and do likewise. Yes, Lord, I will go and I will serve. I will be a servant of the Lord. And if that's you this morning, can I just invite you alongside of me? Just come and let's just stand and present ourselves to the Lord today. God, we want to be servants of you. Just come, let's stand here this morning. A people who are saying, yes, Lord, like Samuel said, your servant is listening. God, I want to be a servant for you. I want to live my life to honor you, Jesus. However possible, God, use my life for your glory. You need prayer today. Just come this morning. Some friends are going to gather around you. We're going to pray one for another. And as you come to the front this morning, just tap that brother or sister on the shoulder and just pray for them. Encourage them. God, help us to be better servants of the Lord. Help us to be good and faithful even unto the end, Lord Jesus. God, use our lives for your glory. We want to be servants of the Lord Jesus. God, use us today, Lord. Use our lives to honor you, to please you, Lord. We want to share in our master's happiness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. So just begin. Let's pray this one. Lord, I'm yours. I belong to you, Jesus. I want to be a servant for Jesus today. I want to give my life for you, Lord. However you want, Lord Jesus. I want to be a servant for you, Jesus. So come, Lord, just come.